All right, welcome to this week's edition of the People Progressing Podcast. I am so excited to have Aaron Kaler on with us today. He was another graduate of Thunderidge High School, uh, played football for us, wrestled for us. Um, it's just he has a unbelievable story to tell and an inspiration, inspira- inspiring story to tell um, for you and for all people to listen to and uh, learning how to get over the hump and. Uh, this is going to be a great, great show. So, Aaron, thanks for coming on. And just tell us a little bit about where you grew up, what you've done um, as a kid, where you went to high school, and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, I grew up in Highland Ranch, Colorado. Um, kind of, you know, had a very average, very normal uh, childhood. Never really ever needed for anything, never really wanted for anything that um, I wasn't able to get. Um, but, you know, our, our parents very, from very early on did teach us that, you know, anything that's worth having, you do have work for, uh, which I think is kind of something that's really been important in my life. Um, so growing up um, in uh, about third grade, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. And, um, you know, never really thought anything of it other than um, I would be taken out of classes to go to my special reading class. And um, up until about, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade is when I kind of started seeing, no one directly told me um, that I would, you know, I was always the last one to finish any kind of test or exam. Um, was never first person to be done with anything. And I'd still come up short. Um, I was never a person who would get an A on any of my exams or tests. And, um, you know, I just kind of thought that that's just how it was going to be. That's who it was going to be. And it never really bothered me. Um, and so I kind of went through the, um, going through the special, special education classes all the way up through high school. Um, and um, when I was in middle school, it was probably the first time that I kind of started feeling, um, you know, embarrassed by in these classes. Um, I had a, one of my uh, special ed t- um, teachers would come into my English class and made sure that every time she walked into the room that the whole class knew that she was there for me and um, single, definitely singled me out. Um, that was the only time I've ever really been embarrassed by it. Um, but then when I got to um, my freshman year at Thunder Ridge, um, the very first day of, of school, um, walked into um, my, the one of the special ed classes rooms and I had a um, teacher who told me that um, I was, was no Michael Jordan. None of us were, and there was nothing, uh, there's nothing any of us could do about it. And that we need to be prepared to have a mediocre life. And I, I didn't, I never thought anything of it. I thought, you know, okay, that's fine with me. Um, glad somebody said it. Now I, now I know where the bar set. Um, so let me, interrupt, that, let me interrupt yeah. you real quick. I'm sorry. I want to know what it felt like. Um, if you even felt this, did you feel like you were labeled? Um, at that, at that point, I feel like my label had already been put on in middle school. Um, I, I feel like, um, you know, whether I liked it or not, this was the path that God had chosen for me. And this is where I was going to be. This is unfortunately the life that I was going to have. So do you think that it had an effect on you mentally in terms of confidence? Um, 
where you wanted to go in life and so forth? Absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, I've, one thing that um, I didn't really, really realize until I um, was submitting my high school transcripts and stuff for, um, for college uh, was that I have um, my brain's processing speed is about 75% of a normal person's. Um, and I never, I never knew that, never really realized that. Um, however, um, I did know that, you know, if when it came to someone, you know, picking on me or, uh, you know, we're going back and forth with somebody, um, I was kind of took me a second, you know, I kind of gave the opportunity for people to laugh. Um, but I think that, um, the way that I would kind of over, overcome that was just by being quick witted. And I learned at a very early age that, um, humor was the best way, um, for me to relate to people and to overcome a lot of things. Um, and so that's kind of how, yeah. So that's kind of how I compensate for that lack of confidence was by being able to make jokes about myself and I guess move, move on that through that. And I want to really dive into when that teacher told you, you're no Michael Jordan and you're just going to have an average mediocre life. I know you, you say that it didn't, you know, you just kind of thought, well, that's the way it's going to be. But deep dive into it. What did it really feel like when somebody told you that? Like, did you feel like you had no chance? Like you were just, you know, does that make sense what I'm asking there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it actually kind of kind of felt like the power had been taken away from me that, you know, um, basically my destiny had already been written and that's um, what my life is going to be. However, I, I do find it very ironic that that's the sports character that he uh, decided to choose because um, Michael Jordan himself is in fact dyslexia, dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's dive into this. Um, how did you overcome that? I mean, you, yeah. you, you talk about graduating from high school and so forth. What was your thought process? You mentioned a little bit about college applications and stuff. What was the difference between what you had to do and how you thought you had to get into college and so forth? Yeah, so um, I didn't do very well on the ACT, um, and I don't know, I guess I, my whole life I was always kind of told that college isn't for everybody, and I'm just one of those people that college isn't for, um, and at the time it didn't really upset me too much because, um, you know, I was ready to move on, um, however, like I said, it, it, it did definitely take a toll on my confidence, especially knowing that um, it's one more thing that's being taken away from me. Um, but like I said, really didn't affect me because I really wanted to serve, serve our country. Um, and so I joined the military, uh, went to the Navy. I served five years as a Navy hospital corpsman. And I think boot camp is probably the, the first time where I really realized um, that I really do have more control over my own life than what I've been led to believe. Um, I, I kind of learned pretty early on that um, as long as you don't give up and you're not the one that stops um, early or comes up short, there's nothing that they can, there's nothing more they can do to you. And um, once I kind of had that, that uh, mindset set in place, I also kind of started to realize that, um, you know, it's up to me after graduation, who I want to be. Um, it's no longer, all I have to do is, you know, get through these eight weeks and, you know, never have to worry about who I am or anything like that ever again. Um, and yeah, as I, one night I was just laying in my rack and I kind of thought to myself that, 
you know, I, I kind of have a chance at a promotion and um, really become a, a leader to my division. And um, this is my, this is my, my, my chance to kind of achieve anything I want to be. Um, I'm going to be here for eight weeks regardless. So I can either choose to get by or make the best of it and be the best I can be. And um, so I, I, be, I got one of the leadership positions. I graduated in the, um, got to be in the front of our graduation. And um, that was really cool for my parents to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't, never got the uh, promotion I was hoping for. Um, but I think that just kind of is another, another, another part of my, my step in my journey is um, that you're going to come up short no matter what. There's, there is no such thing as perfection. And the, but the only thing that is going to make, the thing that separate, separates people who are successful from those who are not is those who are willing to keep going no matter what. Now, this is, this is where this story just gets better, 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 better that I can't wait for people to listen to. But I want to go back again. Okay. How many times did that little voice in your head say, you're just not good enough? Even going back into high school with, in classes, um, getting into the Navy, and when you first got to the Navy, what was it like, you know, on that flight to boot camp and getting on the bus after you get off there and, and going to the first day of boot camp? It had to be some anxiety, some stress. But a lot of that anxiety and stress was really kind of created, wasn't it, because of the label that was put on you and how you were told you were just going to be average? Because that little voice in your head probably kept telling you that's all you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to kind of better set the stage for that, um, I would like to go back to high school sports. Um, you know, I never was the biggest or the fastest or the strongest. Um, I, but you worked I hard. There. What's that? You worked hard. I appreciate that, Coach. I think uh, you're the the first person to really see that. Um, and of course, you know, Coach Paisley and uh, Coach Paul in wrestling, they definitely saw that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I never... I, I had the, I just had the idea in my head that same thing with school, as long as I showed up and did what I was told, then that, that was putting in the effort. That was all that was required of me, um, which obviously was not the case. Um, and something that I really appreciate uh, from you is that even during the varsity games, I'd show up um, hoping <laughs> I wouldn't get any play time and, you know, be goofing off and I'd hear, Kaler, 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 Coach White's looking for you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why is he going to put me in? You know, uh -huh. um, and I, I just, yeah. So I think that that's definitely goes back to the self-confidence. I, I just, I, I never thought I was that great at much of anything. Um, but yeah, so going to boot camp though, was a little bit different. Um, when I showed up, I was terrified. I was scared. And anybody who says that they aren't is lying. Yeah. Um, and it actually became a great equalizer for me. I realized that we're all here. None of us have ever done this before. There is no someone who has a higher, higher, you know, leg up than, than I do. I mean, of course I never was in ROTC or anything like that. Um, but I realized that there is no one that has a, for the first time in my life, I felt like we were all on the same level and it was up to me if I wanted to be in the front of the pack or not. And so that's where I started to, um, push myself. Um, I realized that, you know, it, there, there's, of course, the, there's always someone bigger and stronger. Um, but I, I realized that I could, by putting in that effort, I could, I could do, you know, just as well as anybody else. Um, really so you, so you outworked the self-doubt. 
Absolutely. Yep. I, yeah, I tell people that all the time that people can tell you every anything they want. So people have told you up to this point that you're going to be average. You're going to be mediocre. You have ADHD. You have dyslexia. You're just going to be an average person the rest of your life and going to be last finishing your tests and all this other stuff. And that's those are those voices that are starting to take over your head. What I want you to tell people, some people to get out of this, is that those little voices and those little thought processes that really other people put into your head and then took over your thought process, you have the choice to overcome that. You have the choice to make that says, I am the one in charge of my life, no one else. Tell me a little bit about the, the revelation that you had in making that choice, because that's what I want people to get from you. Not just that, but there's so much to get from your story, but there's so many people out there, Aaron, who are in the same position, in the exact same position. Tell them how to make that choice. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think that um, the, the choice really came um, when I realized that Anything that, that I wanted it out of life, especially after boot camp, is kind of where I, when I was at my uh, first Corman school after that, I was like a basic EMT and nursing type um, school. Um, I was voluntold to become a uh, pharmacy technician, which is not the route that I wanted to go down, especially being dyslexic. Um, especially, yeah. I knew that this would be a time where I, I, I because of my past, I thought I was going to be unsuccessful. Um, and I kind of knew that Oh yeah, we're all, we're told from the beginning of every, every um, military school that if you do fail, um, you'll become the needs of the Navy, which nobody wants to be in that position. Um, and the only way to get, to get through is to um, pass pass the course and get through that. Um, so let I me stop should, you there real quick. So when they told you that if you don't pass, you're going to be the needs of the Navy. Did your mind go back to you're just mediocre, you're just average? You have ADHD, you have dyslexia. Did your mind go back to that? Didn't you all of a sudden you're back in that battle again in your mind of how do I overcome this? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, you know, the, the first thing I thought as soon as that happened was nothing, nothing in my life has ever been my choice really. I mean, other than joining the military. Um, but yeah, I felt that that was my, that wasn't going to be my path. When they, when they talk about these people that I was a person that they were, they were going to be talking about. But you overcame. I overcame. Yeah. So, so awesome. I think I had that kind of revelation one day when I was um, um, I was on the phone with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we, we were talking about how you know I was I, I was frustrated. Um, it was my first week of the farm tech school. Uh, it was very very difficult, and um, she just kind of got frustrated with me and said, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, either either you do it or you don't. Um, there's nothing more you can do about it, and I kind of got upset and kind of realized that she was right. And that um, that's when I kind of had that uh, internal conversation with myself and realized that I can make the best out of this opportunity. No one has set this path before me. No one has uh, predetermined what I'm going to be doing. And I could either get through this class, just to get through it, um, or I can learn and um, really try to be the best at this class. And um, yeah, get out be the best I can be as a pharmacist technician, if that's what my life's course is going to be. Um, and I also was given the opportunity to, that's how the, our um, graduating order is how we choose our orders afterwards. And um, I really wanted to be with Marines and 
Um, we did not have very many billets for um, corpsmen to be with Marines, especially as pharmacy technicians. And um, yeah, worked hard and uh, made it through that class. Um, and I got one of the, I, I selected one of the two Marine Corps billets out of the, that school. Now, would you say that any time during that time you you got to a point you were like, I'm just going to prove every, everyone wrong. I'm, I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder and I'm going to take charge of this and, and here I go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had this um, kind of got to this point where I've never been that busy before in my life. And that kind of stress began to become very overwhelming and um, never no longer had me time, time to unwind to do what I really wanted to do. Um, that's when I found um, my friends and I would go to the gym every night, every night um, as our chance to unwind. And the competition that we kind of had between amongst ourselves um, that eventually leaked into the rest of um, how kind of how that school went. Um, you know, I started pushing forward um, in morning PT when we wake up super early. Um, I wanted to be the best. I, I no longer, I didn't want to just get by anymore. I was tired of always being in the back of the pack for what I've been my whole life. Um, I, I was tired of being the exhausted one bent over in the, in the, in the back. Um, and once I started achieving that, those, those successes, it, it um, you know, kind of spills over into the rest of my life. Then I started doing really well in school. Um, I realized that, yeah, it does take me a, a lot longer to study, to take tests. Um, and unfortunately, I've been very fortunate my entire life. Um, everyone's really been very understanding about how long it takes me to take tests because they see my results. Yeah. Um, so when I say that, when I go back to the working out at night and saying that's all I had time for, it's because, you know, from um, five to seven, when, when, I had, when I had to get to go eat and uh, work out from um, seven to midnight, really, um, was be my time to study. And that's all I did was study. And none of my friends had to do that. Everyone else got to go to sleep early and because we had to get up early. Um, and I realized that as long as, you, as long as I was given the chance, I could do whatever I want. So made that decision again. Absolutely. And, 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 and what you did was you outworked your doubt. You outworked those people telling you're going to be average. You outworked people telling you you're going to just be mediocre because you have ADHD and dyslexia and you're never going to be any just average. You outworked it. You said, here you, here you go. I'm going to have all these voices in my head that keep telling me I'm average and all that stuff. And you just outworked it. And that gave you the confidence and it kept that confidence kept building and building and building and just beat the living tar out of that self doubt. That's always in your mind. Yep. And Uh, I just love the story. Yeah. I just love the story. And that confidence that you built by that hard work, staying up later than everyone else, because you had to study harder, going and doing the workouts, lifting the physical work that you did gave you confidence in yourself as well. And that's what I want people to get, that you don't have to stay where people think you should be, that you have that choice to outwork it and get to where you want to be, where you think you can be. And that's exactly what you did. So you graduated from that school. Take us, take us to the next step now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I get more excited. The more I talk about this, man, it's awesome. (laughs) You know, this is called the people progressing podcast for a reason. Perfect example of someone progressing. This is so cool. (laughs) Thank you coach. Appreciate it. No, it's awesome. (laughs) So yeah. So from there, I was very excited. Um, I thought I was going to be working with Marines. So I got to go to um, my next school, uh, field med, which 
um, where it's where they teach us to um, really become experts in uh, field medicine um, to be able to um, go into combat with Marines. Um, and uh, kind of there's there's a lot of pride there. Um, corpsmen have the widest um, scope when it comes to what we're allowed to do as far as uh, medicine in the battlefield. I learned how to do a lot of things that um, most army medics aren't allowed to do. Um, I learned how to do emergency crikes, um, like start my own IVs, um, gave immunizations. I did all kinds of awesome, really fun stuff. Oh. And that really lit a fire under me. Um, once I learned that um, not only is this something that I thought was really important to me, um, you know, it's, I think, um, well, growing up, my, my dad's been a firefighter at West Metro in Denver uh, for the past 25 years. And um, seeing the passion that he has for helping others, it's, it's something that's kind of always been important in my life. And um, so learning these skills to, to be there for somebody on their worst day, um, man, that's, that's something powerful for me. Um, and I, so I learned that not only is it something that interests me, it's something that I'm really good at. Um, and like, like we talked about, I'm not naturally gifted at anything. I wasn't good at, at emergency medicine because I found my calling. It's because I found what I was interested in and I worked my butt off for it. Okay. And I'm going to stop you there because you are gifted in something. <laughs> you're gifted in a lot, but one of the, the thing that you're gifted in the most, the thing that probably fueled you more than anything else through this whole process is the gift of serving others. That's a gift. And that gift has fueled you to where you are today. And that's, that's one of the underlying things that I tell people all the time when you're down and out, you're not feeling good. And, and things are not going well and your self-doubt and all this stuff, serve someone else, serve others. And your gift is the heart of serving others. And that's where you have found, again, my book is called The Three Ps, Finding Your Purpose, Perspective, and Passion. And finding your purpose is serving others. And you just said it. When you said, I love serving others, your dad did it, and now you're doing it, you should have seen the smile on your face. Okay, you just lit up when you said that because that's your that's your passion, that's your purpose, and I just love when you say that because it fuels you and it keeps fueling you and it's fueling you even more today than it did then, and you probably didn't even realize it back in high school and all that stuff and when you got into the Navy and and so forth. But when you got into the Navy, what's being in the Navy? Being in the Navy is serving our country, right? It served me because you're in the Navy serving our country and I live in our country. So you're serving me, you're serving everyone, you're serving our country. And what fueled you to be the best in the Navy? Your service. Yeah. Right. So it's a great story and it's an awesome story. Now I keep interrupting you because I get so excited about your story. So go ahead and keep going. Oh, thank you. No, I really appreciate you pointing that out. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So that school is really where I really felt like I, uh, for the first time was an expert in something. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I wasn't um, quite yet, but I sure felt like I was. Yeah. Uh, I, I had finally found um, not only something that I really enjoyed, um, I excelled at. Um, and I was actually, I graduated that school, um, the third top, I was in the top three of the course, um, just in everything, every aspect. So that, that course was the first time I'd actually been pushed um, physically in the military. Um, boot camp was, it's made for anybody to pass. Um, and my other schools were basically self-paced. Um, you, you, you try your hardest, um, you know, and I, I got that competitive, um, yeah, the, the competitive 
this um, was kind of what pushed me during my previous schools. Uh, for the first time, we actually I actually had to perform, and we did these great exercises where you know we go on patrol all night, and then they have a fake IED go off, and oh, guess what? Now you have 15 minutes to transport this patient, 15 minutes to the LZ, and just um, yeah. So for the first time, that's where I was just kind of pushed on both scholastically and uh, physically, and I loved every minute of it. Um, and um, yeah, so. From there um, was kind of where I got to my next biggest setback. Um, I realized my orders weren't exactly what I thought they were. Um, instead of being detached to a, a actual Marine Corps unit, I was um, put into a Naval Health Clinic at the Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, where we did serve Marines, but I was not amongst Marines. Um, I was back in my Navy, um, the, we call them the blueberries, the blue um, digital camo. Um, and I was no longer where I thought, you know, I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Um, and that also, um, was a very, very draining job. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll get to my first job after, out of the military after, uh, after this, but, uh, we were very busy. Um, we had eight, eight or so windows open and each person that was up on the front window would see about a hundred patients each. Um, and that's. Um, wow. you know, taking in prescriptions, filling prescriptions, yeah. having the pharmacist check it. And very, very busy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was monotonous and I still was not passionate about pharmacy. I, <laughs> after going through the school, it's just, it just wasn't for me. And mm -hmm. I think that's um, another important part of my journey um, is that I went through a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily like, um, but I used those tools to, um, as an opportunity to learn more about medicine um, I know now that um, I know a lot more about medications than any of my counterparts and anything else I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so from there, um, yeah, keep going. To... Cause this is, this gets better and better. <laughs> yeah. So um, Corman do sign a five-year contract. It's four years with a 12 month extension. Um, and I was supposed to finish my contract at the um, Navy um, hospital there in, um, Cherry Point, and um, I was detached to a non-deployable um, search and rescue unit, and so I had absolutely no chance of deploying, and that's not what I wanted. That's not why I joined the military, and I wasn't getting the, I didn't feel that the, I knew the patient care that I was doing was was important, um, but I felt that my skills weren't being tested, and I wasn't doing really what, what motivated me. Um, so I bugged my detailer um, for about two months. Every week I would call him and it's kind of funny. He eventually left voicemails for my chain of command saying that I'm not supposed to have any direct contact with him. If I want to talk to him, I should go through my chain of command. Um, I think he just got tired of me. And just by luck one day, um, I was on duty. It was a Saturday and um, our clinics closed on the weekends. So it was just me and uh, two other people on duty and I, I get a call on the radio that I have a phone call and I just was really confused because I you know I didn't hold any special positions in the clinic I'm not sure why anybody would need to be calling me and so um, I went down there and it was my detailer saying um, that he needs a yes or no answer right now he's got some orders for me um, to go to uh, the USS Green Bay and um, I told him yeah that's a Absolutely. Give me, give me anything you got. 
And um, unfortunately, there's no Marine Corps units, but I'll take any kind of deployment I can get. Um, so yeah, I went to the, I met the ship in San Diego uh, where they were um, a part of the um, third fleet, I believe. <laughs> um, and we we're there for about two weeks before we transitioned to Japan. Um, where we were uh, shifted our home ports to Sasebo, Japan, and became a part of the Seventh Fleet. Um, it was uh, it, the Seventh Fleet is considered uh, forward deployed Navy. Uh, we do a little bit of a, a different deployment schedule. It's a lot of work, uh, yeah. a lot of time at sea, and not much on land. Um, we uh, we usually do about three months at sea, come back for. Um, our, well, after our first deployment, we were only home for about a weekend and then went back out again for another three months. Um, and kept doing that rotation, um, you know, come back for a week or two, go back out for a couple months and it was draining, it was brutal. Um, and that's where I kind of um, really learned that you have to find those people around you that um, are strong and um, who are motivating that want you to succeed as much as you do as what you want for them. So finding a good support system. Absolutely. Yeah. And surrounding yourself with, with like-minded people that have the same goals and drive and, and want to serve just as much as you do is important. I think that's important for people to understand too, is who you surround yourself can help you get, get through the humps and stuff too. You, along your journey, you've had so many hurdles that, you know, I've said this probably in every podcast I've done, that life's not a marathon. People keep saying that life's a marathon. Life's not a marathon. It's a, it's like a steeplechase with, with hurdles all the, all the time. And you've overcome so many hurdles and so forth. And how, how have you, what's your mindset in that? When you come up to something and you've just mentioned a couple of them, when that adversity hits you, what's your mindset to get through that adversity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think a part of that confidence shift that had um, becoming more confident I realized that, um, you know, I, I can do anything I want. And if I'm not somewhere that I'm happy, that's not where I want to be. Um, and so I, I guess um, what I'd say about that is that, you know, I, you get to a point where your, your goals are always going to change and there's always going to be different hurdles that you're going to have to overcome. And it's up to you to decide the outcome of those hurdles and um, how you're going to, if, if, if the only person that's going to, achieve those goals is the person who's willing to go into uh, or to go into leave their um, comfort zone mm -hmm. and to really advocate for yourself because nobody cares about you like you care about your by yourself and um you really have to when you come to the each each hurdle you, you come to you got to know that th this could stop your journey this could this could be it right here or you can persevere and do whatever it takes no matter how creative you gotta be, you gotta be people who are, I kind of realized that the, the people who, um, like my mentors in the military and stuff, who were very successful, got there through perseverance and never giving up. And um, no one's going to advocate for you like yourself. So perseverance has always been my way to get through these things. And, and you've said it throughout this whole podcast about your choice. You, and I, I want people to understand the power of choice that every person listening to this or every person in, in the world has that choice to make to which way you want to go and you're in charge of your own choice and i want people to understand how much power they have in their own choice and i think that's awesome so now as we get through the navy now 
I want to go back to when you were told again in, in school that you were going to be average and mediocre and this is what you are and, and everything else. So let's go through your journey now after the Navy and getting into school. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've done with this part of your journey is, is again, it's remarkable. So I want people to understand where you were and where you are now because the power of your brain and the power of the choices that you made. Yeah. So um, while I was on the USS Green Bay, uh, my two really great mentors, um, Chief Duran and now Master Chief Hendrick, um, they both, they believed in me. Um, they knew that I was really excited about emergency medicine and they both introduced me um, to the really, I mean, I, I'd worked with PAs in the past, but they were the first people who really told me that, you know, you should think about physician assistant school. And like I said, college was never really an option for me. I never, yeah. never even thought about going to college. Um, and they kind of explained the, the history behind um, the PA field and how um, Duke's first school was completely compiled of Navy corpsmen coming back from Vietnam. And that was a kind of a history and heritage that I really wanted to be a part of. And um, so that, that's, that's um, something that's how I kind of shifted my mind to the, um, going down that path. Uh, once I got out, um, I started attending um, ACC full-time. Um, and my thinking with going to community college first was um, that I could pay for that out of pocket. Uh, get my, I could pay cash for my two first years of my undergrad. And then I could use the GI Bill to um, finish out my undergraduate degree. And then my two years or so for um, PA school. So um, yeah, I started, started out that way. And since I was paying cash, um, I didn't want to have any debt. So I started working full-time as a pharmacy technician. And my first job was at, I don't think I told you about this. My, my first job was at um, Walgreens. And um, I got hired on by the store manager. And um, the day before I started, they asked me to come in and speak with the head pharmacy tech who told me that she had concerns that um, because I was in the military, she didn't think I understood how to speak to elderly people or how to be gentle with my words. Oh, wow. Or, yeah, um, didn't, wouldn't really understand how things work in the civilian world. And I told her, you know, I, I've, I've had the same national certification that everybody in this pharmacy has. Um, my, I served the, the patient population um, in uh, Cherry Point. It was mostly retirees. And um, yeah, the, that was okay, my next realization that no one understands what you do. No one, yeah. no one, no one knows you until you show them who you are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so from there, um, I was doing that and I don't care what he says, working full time and going to school for full time is tough. Yeah, it is easy. very tough. And this is my, not only my first time, um, really, I did go, I did attend night school, um, while I was in the military, um, um, at, uh, Craven Community College in Havoc and also in New Bern, North Carolina. Um, so I, I had some experience with college, but man, I was, I was getting overwhelmed and, um, my, uh, uh, my girlfriend, well, my fiance at the time, um, things ended up not working out between us. Um, I think it was mostly just because of how difficult, uh, everything kind of was for me at, at the time. And, um, that was a difficult breakup for me. Um, but, another, another adversity. Yep. Yep. Another adversity. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, like with everything else, I met this as a, a new challenge for me and, um, realized that I wasn't happy. This is not where I wanted to be. Um, and so I decided to take this opportunity to attend my, 
uh, or at least apply <laughs> to attend um, to my dream school at the University of Wyoming. And uh, I was accepted and uh, came up here to um, do my undergraduate for uh, kinesiology. And, and uh, what was your GPA? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the first time I actually had a decent GPA. Um, so I graduated last spring uh, with bachelor's in kinesiology and um, my GPA was, was a 3.3. Um, How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's not average. No, no. That's, that's not mediocre. That's what you were told. Absolutely. That was your mindset because people had told you that, right? Right. And now you're at a 3-3 three, three, and now it's, it gets even better, people. It gets even better. <laughs> so tell us about your grad school now. Yeah. So um, I had uh, some great mentors um, in the kinesiology department. Um, Dr. Emily Schmidt, um, she's teaching me how to work with the mice in the vivarium. I, I was going in at um, 5.30, 6 a.m. and 8 p.m. at night to put mice on a treadmill. That wasn't very fun, but... <laughs> yeah, again, but you're um, out was, working it, right? You're yeah, out working yeah. it. Exactly, yep. And the reason why I chose to do that is because I had class all day and um, and just like anybody else, nobody had time um, to put in the extra effort to um, work in a lab. So I knew how to do it outside of those time, you know, those time frames. Um, I also took um, an exercise physiology course with Dr. Evan Johnson, um, who is our uh, hydration physiology specialist. Um, and I started working in his lab doing um, a lot of really interesting work um, with um, some, uh, some of the uh, uh, wildland firefighters. Uh, we started working with, with uh, heat testing them and um, yeah, I found some really great stuff. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I committed about uh, 120 hours to the, those two labs outside of um, school. Um, our department does require that we do some kind of internship and um, research stuff. And I had already completed all that. Um, I shadowed PAs and I worked in other areas, uh, but working with the mice and in the hydration physiology lab was all by choice. I did that because it's something that interested me and I really enjoyed it. And so, um, Eventually, I got offered um, the opportunity to uh, attend the two-year program where, um, uh, sorry, the two-year master's program. Yeah, this is your grad program now. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of realized that I had this conversation with um, Dr. Johnson that traditional research just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't, I don't want to, uh, um, you know, I wanted to move on to PA school. I didn't want to be... Um, moving on in academia, um, I wanted to get to patient, back to patient care. Right. And Serving. Um, I really want to do something that's going to make a, a direct impact um, on the community. And um, he, he and I attended a seminar uh, where he learned about the opioid crisis in America and in Wyoming. And uh, we learned about the this program um, put on by the um, Wyoming Department of Health to um, allow access to Narcan um, for, for free to organizations who um, apply and meet the requirements. And so during my senior year, I, um, I, Dr. Johnson and I had a conversation where I said, I could do this for our department. And he said, okay, and gave me full reins on it. So I worked with the Department of Health and um, made the kinesiology department, the first department um, on campus to um, obtain Narcan and be able to have that in the event of a opioid um, overdose. Unbelievable. Yeah. Serving um, others. It's all based on serving others. 
<laughs> it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and so then from there, um, I started applying for PA schools and it's a one year waiting pro, uh, waiting time um, for you when you apply to when you actually start school, um, doing the interview process, that type of thing. And um, I talked to Dr. Johnson about that and we kind of thought of, um, we saw that there's other areas in the, in the on campus um, that we're doing a one year, um, is, is a four year plus one program where during my senior year, if I, I could take some of my graduate classes, I could graduate um, with my master's in just one year after yeah. graduating from, from my bachelor's, which would be a great to fill that one year void that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's um, where I started. And well, I guess before that, um, we, we were going to present the idea to the department and see what they thought of it. And they canned the program um, a week before I was supposed to present. Adversity wow, again. <laughs> yeah. Another yep. hurdle. Yeah, another hurdle. Um, and that was another big issue for me because now what I'm going to do for the next year uh, or so, you know, um, who knows what's going to happen in the world. So I thought, you know, okay, I'll apply to the regular grad program. And um, they had some funding that they had, they thought they had available and they'd be able to fund my two year um, grad school. And um, COVID hit. And um, those funds uh, got canceled. Uh, the uh, uh, is either April or late April or early May, right before graduate, right before I graduated. And they said, "Sorry, we're not going to be able to pay for your school." I was just another I was like, <laughs> another hurdle. Yep. Now what do I do? Yeah. Um, so another big thing that you talked about on your podcast a lot is um, believing there's good in the world, and um, always. That's one thing that's I've always somehow believed that um, there's the good in every aspect of the world, you just gotta go find it. And um, also put into the world what you wanna receive. And so, you know, I I was very discouraged at the time, um, but very thankful for the opportunity of what I've been given so far. So I sent an email to um, those two professors and thanking them for all that they've done for me um, and explained how, I really wish I could have the opportunity to expand on um, my Narcan program, or not, not on the, not my, my program, but helping out um, right. everybody. And once again, um, the last minute something came through for me. Um, oh, Dr. Good. Johnson emailed me back and said, congratulations. Uh, we decided that we are going to go through with the one-year master's program and I was going to be the, the guinea pig for it. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So now you're there yep. and that's what you're working on now. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I want you to tell everybody, you got to tell them what your GPA was first semester in this guinea pig program that you're the guinea pig at. What was your GPA? Yeah, so through the summer, um, so I, I, take, take, I went through the summer semester and the last fall semester, and currently um, I have a 4.0. Isn't that awesome? God, it's just awesome. <laughs> so again, let's go back, you know, going back to high school, going back to third grade fifth grade when you're just going to be you thought this was your life average and people telling you you know you really can't do much more than this and and so forth and now you're in a, in a master's program where they're asking you to be the first person through this program so they believe in you that much and you're getting straight A's you're getting a 4.0 and I, I just it's an amazing amazing journey um, I, I've met a guy his name is Adam Katowski he's 
you can find him at, at coach Adam 34, who talks a lot about what you've basically what you've lived. And, um, he has a book called extraordinary me or the extraordinary you, I should say, and you can get on his website at coach Adam 34 and, and learn about this stuff. And he talks about some of the same things about having ADHD and having dyslexia and, and how you're just as special as someone who doesn't have it. You have special powers that someone else who doesn't have ADHD or dyslexia have, and you've proven that. And you've proven that through your journey here. Um, as, as we kind of wrap this up, Aaron, um, I, I've been just so excited to get you on after you, he sent me a, a three-page email that I, I sat and read. And when I was reading this email, I was just in awe. And I had like goosebumps as I was reading this email because I love stories of people overcoming and getting in and fighting through the battle. And I tell people this all the time. Don't ever let someone else take your passion away or don't let someone else take your confidence away because there are people out there that will do that to you because they don't have it in themselves. So they're going to try to bring others down with them. I want you all to understand what Aaron's done here. He didn't allow that to happen to him because he made the choice and the power of the choice that you have, no matter what you are dealing with to overcome and outwork whatever is thrown in your way. And this is a true, true example of it. And he's going to be, your next journey is going to be, you have decided that you want to be a fireman. Yep. That's your next journey. So tell us a little bit about that and we'll wrap this up. All right. Yeah. I'll get on that real quick. Um, so part of my, um, my master program, I have the opportunity to do an, um, ex- uh, I really struggle saying this word, explore, exploratory yeah. uh, experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but uh, anyways, um, I have to, I was able to do work with um, somewhere in the same field as my project. So um, for my, my thesis project, I'm working with the department of health to expand on this Narcan program to um, get Narcan in the hands of organizations around Laramie. Um, and so um, to kind of supplement that, I decided to start volunteering with the fire department and um, I was selected and went through their, um, their academy and man, I, I love it I, so much that, um, you know, it reminds me of um, my time in the military of, of, of what I, I guess I should say what I wanted out of the military. Um, I, I really enjoy being a first responder. Um, being there for people in their the worst days of their lives and being a sense of hope and um, being able to maintain a level head and um, be able to be there for those people. And uh, I, so I've, I've decided that um, PA school is no longer my my end goal, um, which, you know, um, I, I ended up not getting into, accepted into PA school after I made this decision, um, which you know, I thought it was going to affect me a lot more um, and then it really did. But, you know, I found something else that, you know, lights my fire even more, makes me even more excited to um, get up every day and say that this is what I get to do. Um, So yeah, now I'm on the look for, um, try to get on with a professional department either in uh, here in Wyoming or in Colorado. I'd love to return home. Yeah. I would love for you to come home too. Yeah. Just because we need people like you in our community. But <laughs> appreciate we, need, we need people like you in our in the united states who are just <laughs> wanting to serve and don't let other things get in the way um who wouldn't hire you 
So anybody <laughs> listening to this, here's a guy that you better get in line and you better be in the front of the line to, to hire an Aaron here. Um, I appreciate your, that coach. And I guess uh, since they were wrapping this up, um, one thing I would like to say is that um, especially part of, you know, writing your own journey and making your own decisions, taking, um, you know, life by, by your own means. Um, I think that people need to understand what success means to them. Um, if it does really mean um, a high paying job that you do well, then that's, that's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and if that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Um, for me, I found that success means waking up for a job um, that doesn't feel like work and something that I get to say that I feel, feel lucky for this opportunity. Um, I might only be a volunteer firefighter right now, but I feel like I'm the luckiest guy around. Um, I, I get to do what I love and yeah, no, no one can tell me that, you know, there's something else better out there for me. I've, I've learned it. I, I, I've had the experience to show that I've worked in just about every aspect of the medical field and, or shadowed those who are, um, who are providers. And I realized this is it. This is what I want to do. And that's so, okay. Yeah. I say the same thing. I went to my passion for 30 years as a teacher and coach. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to work. I never did. I never felt like I did. And, and there was days that was hard. There was days that were, had more struggles than others, but I mm -hmm. never felt like I was going to work. And that's what you're setting yourself up for as a life of going to your passion. Yeah. What's, what's your purpose in life? You kind of um, already yeah, mentioned so, it. I mean, it's kind of easy for you to answer, but. <laughs> well, and you know, but honestly, I think that's um, something very important. Some of that people, um, I think a lot of people go through their lives um, not addressing that question. I, I really, I, I sadly, I, I see it. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I believe my purpose in life, I think I was put on this earth, um, to help others. Yeah. And that's your gift yeah. and you're going to, and you're going to use your gift as your livelihood. How yep. cool is that? Next question, my book again, perspective, finding your purpose, perspective and passion. What's your perspective on life? Now, my perspective on life is, you know, um, I think my, defined by my journey. Um, I think that I can do it. My perspective is life is exactly what you want it to be. And um, you can either choose to let it pass you by, let others tell you what your life is going to be, or you can take it in your own hands and make it exactly what you want it to be. So awesome. And then passion, what's your passion in life? It doesn't have to be with your job or anything like that. I and mean, it could be, I love to go hunting or whatever it might be, but what's your passion? Yeah. Um, well, I think <laughs> um, I do love the outdoors. Um, but I would say that I think my purpose and passion um, align very well. Um, I'm very passionate about um, not only helping others, but being the, the best um, medical provider I can be. Um, I, I want to, that, that's what really motivates me in life is to, um, I never want to be in a position where I could have helped, um, I could have done something or if I, if I would have known what I was doing, um, I could have helped better. Um, real quickly, kind of a little, off topic, um, I, I keep a um, medical first aid kit in my vehicle um, of all the stuff that I know how to use. And um, there's a lot of stuff in there that aren't in a typical uh, first aid kit that um, I keep in there because, um, you know, my biggest worry is that I could um, be driving by a car accident and, um, you know, there's something I could have done to help somebody um, but I just didn't have the tools and that's, that's a problem. That's something that's, that's something I would just never want to want to be in that situation. 
Well, so. Aaron, you know, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, this is, this is special. And I believe that this is going to help tons of people. I don't know how many people, but tons of people. Awesome. And your story is inspirational to a lot of people who have been told that they're average, who have been told you can't be anywhere because you have ADHD or have been told or labeled um, you're not like everyone else because you have ADHD or labeled you're not like everyone else because you have dyslexia. Your story is going to break some barriers down and we're going to get it out there. Um, if I have to, I don't know how I'm going to get it out there even more than I can. Um, you tell everybody, I'll tell everybody, I'll put it on yeah. Facebook and everything else so people can <laughs> hear it and spread it and, and get this message out there because there's a lot of people out there that are labeled and don't need to be labeled and shouldn't be labeled. And yet you can overcome and you are special in your own way whatever that way is and you outworked the stigma of the label and i just love your story um thank you so much for coming on um this i can't wait to see you give you a big old hug i'm so 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 proud of you this is what i love about teaching and coaching is seeing where kids that i had a just a small piece of helping hopefully somewhere down the road seeing where they become and what they've done and how they overcome adversity and so forth. And it's just so gratifying for me to see where you're at. So thank you so, so much for coming on and um, best of luck with this semester as you finish. This is it for you, right? You'll finish this. this is it. Yep. Yep. And we just, we just announced that we'll be having a, an in-person graduation. So I did, didn't go. get to have my, I got my first graduation taken away from me from because of COVID, but looks like I'll get, get this one. Well, I need pictures. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know your mom and dad are proud as heck of you. And <laughs> I know all your buddies are, are proud of you. And I can't tell you how proud I am of you. And, I, and all the coaches and stuff, when they hear this, are going to be just off the wall with this stuff. So thank you so much for coming on and all the best in, in the coming days. And I know a lot of people in the fire fighting profession. So I'm here to awesome. help you with that and give you I appreciate some networking it. connections and so forth. So just let yeah. me know when you're ready. So we'll awesome. get that going. So that'd be great. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for yeah. coming on, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much, coach. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the People Progressing Podcast. Um, I'm, a, I'm Joe White. You can get on my website at coachjoewhiteconsulting.com. Order my book. Um, Get a hold of me for speaking engagements or working with your team, your businesses, with culture building, team building, whatever it might be that you need help with. I'm here to help and I'm here to be there for you and your team and your organization. So please get on my website, CoachJoeWhiteConsulting.com and you can reach me at CoachJoeWhite97 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.